Well, good morning. It's uh, great to be with you this morning and to be able to uh, look at God's Word together. We're, just, we're going to be looking this morning at, at Joshua chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to take time just to read. We're going to read the entire chapter. It's 24 verses because we're going to look at the whole story of, of what takes place in that chapter. So it's Joshua chapter 2. And this is the word of God. Now Joshua the son of Nun sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search, search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Then the woman took the two men and hid them. So she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened, as the gate was being shut, when it was dark, that the men went out. Where they went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan, to the fords, and as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the, the water of the Red Sea for, when you, for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house, and give me a true token, and spare my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, Our lives for yours. If, not, if none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the city wall. She dwelt on the wall, and she said to them, Get to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterwards you may go your way. So the men said to her, We will be blameless of this oath of yours which you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household to your own home. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head. And we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid on him. And if you will tell this business of ours, then we will be free from your oath which you have made us swear. Then she said, according to your words, so be it. 
And she sent them away and they departed and she bound the scarlet cord in the window. And they departed and went to the mountain and stayed there three days until the pursuers returned. The pursuers sought them all along the way but did not find them. So the two men returned, descended from the mountain and crossed over. And they came to Joshua the son of Nun and told him all that had befallen them. And they said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands, for indeed the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. Ending there in, in verse 24. Now we are just going to pray again. Steve has prayed, but we'll just pray again. And um, then we'll look at this portion of scripture together. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is infallible that everything it says is true, that it is inerrant, that there are no mistakes in it. And we thank you that this is your word and that this book before us is God-breathed. And Father, we pray that as, as we look at your word now, that you will speak to us through it. Father, that you will help me and give me the words to say. And Father, for those of us who are listening, that you will help us to listen well and to be obedient to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're looking at this chapter in Joshua chapter 2 this morning and it might be helpful just for us to understand what's already taken place before we get to this point in the Bible. Well the Lord has redeemed the children of Israel out of Egypt. He is, they, they were slaves in Egypt and the Lord has brought them out under the leadership of Moses. The Israelites have now been wandering through the wilderness for 40 years and now they have come to the, the edge of the land of Canaan, the edge of the promised land that God has promised to give them. God is judging the land of Canaan for their sin, their wickedness, and he, he's taking the land from them as a judgment and he's giving it to the children of Israel as an inheritance for, for his people. And now Moses has just died up to this point and Joshua has been appointed as the new leader. He is replacing Moses and he is, he's in charge of, of leading the children of Israel into the land. To, to, to take the land which the Lord has given them. And so that's where we get to with the book of Joshua. Now Joshua chapter 1 begins with a promise. And it's important that we keep this promise in our minds. As, 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 as Whenever you read the book of Joshua, to keep that, this promise in your mind. And it's in Joshua 1.3. And the promise is this. It says, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto Moses, as, that, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. So the Lord has, 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 has given this promise in, in chapter 1 verse 3. Now this is really just an echo of the promise which the Lord gave to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. It's the same promise as he said there that he gave to Moses and now he's renewed it again with Joshua and the children of Israel. And he, he's given them this promise as they're on the, the other side of the Jordan River about to cross over and take the land. He's renewed this promise with them to encourage them and to, to strengthen them, to remind them that he is with them. And that's, that's all very well when they're on the other side of the Jordan and God's just giving them the promise. But the question that this chapter really faces us with this morning is what happens when God's promises seem to fail? When God gives a promise and then all of a sudden, as soon as he's given it, it seems to not uh, be coming to pass. It seems to be failing. What happens when, when, when it seems that God's plan is, is not happening? Can we trust God? Can we trust him to be faithful even when it seems he is not being faithful to our limited understanding? How should we respond? Can God's people trust him to keep his promises even when it seems he is not doing so to, to, to the human eye? 
Well, these are the issues that, that, that were facing the two spies in, in our chapter. And these are issues which, which face every Christian throughout the Christian life. In the ups and downs of the Christian life, in the Christian life, there will be times when it will seem that God is far away, that you're suffering something, and it seems that God is not keeping his promises. And maybe you might be tempted to ask, where is God? Is God faithful? Is God keeping his promises? Has he forgotten me? Sometimes we can see God clearly keeping his promises. Other times we might be tempted to feel that God isn't keeping his promises. Well, what truth should we hold on to in times like that? Well, we have that question answered for us in this passage this morning. And so let's look at it together and learn from the word of God this morning. So, so the, the story begins with Joshua, the son of Nun, who is camped with the children of Israel in Shittim. Or as it says here, Acacia Grove. It's two, two words for the same thing. And so that's where they're camped. And they're about, to, they're, they're about to cross over the Jordan River and enter into the Promised Land. Now the first obstacle was the city of Jericho. In order for them to, 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 to take the land which God has promised them, first they need to conquer this city, this walled city called Jericho. And so that's their first obstacle. And so we see in this chapter that Joshua sends out two spies. And what their job is, it is to go to Jericho to spy it out, to gather valuable information about the city so that Joshua can lead an effective um, assault against the city so that they can take it. And so that's what they were given the task of doing. They were to go to the city to spy it out, to bring back information. But it seems that as soon as, as the plan had been announced in chapter 2, verse 1, as soon as Jericho sent them out and we read about that, sorry, Joshua had sent them out and we read about that, it seems that the, that the plan starts to fall apart immediately. It seems that everything starts to go wrong. Firstly, we read that the two spies entered the house of a harlot, the house of a prostitute. Now, this would have been a good place to find information because she would have had um, contact with lots of different people. It would have been a place to go and not look suspicious because different people would have been em entering her property at different times. But yet, when, when you read through the law that was given to the Israelite children before this point, it seems that, that, that going there wouldn't have been the best place to go. And so it already seems as though they've got off to a bad start. Their mission has not started well. And not only that, but we also read that their cover has been blown. Somehow the king of Jericho has heard about these two spies. Somebody has recognized them. Maybe he, they recognized their accent or the way that they dressed. And they realized that these were Israelite men and that they have come to spy out the land. And so they went and told the king. And then the king of Jericho has sent soldiers to the house of Rahab to bring the men, the spies, so that they can be arrested and ultimately be killed. And so before the, 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 the mission could have really got started, before they could even conquer the land, it seems that, that it, is, it has failed miserably. And what we read is that the men are hidden on Rahab's roof, underneath the stalks of flax. Now these stalks of flax would have been laid out on the roof to dry. And so here you have the spies who were supposed to just enter Jericho, find out some information and go back to Joshua so they can conquer the land. Now they're hiding on the roof of Rahab's house, underneath the flax, scared for their lives. And not only that, we read that the gate of the city was shut. So now it seems that they have no escape. What a miserable failure this first mission was. 
or so it seemed to be. And I'm sure that the spies were on the roof, underneath the stalks of flax, thinking to themselves, where's God's promise in all of this? Where's Yahweh in all of this? Where's God's faithfulness? Has God forgotten us? How is this happening? We were just supposed to spy out the land and go back. If this is how this begins, then what about taking the whole land? How is this going to happen? And I'm sure they were thinking these thoughts as they were uh, scared underneath the stalks of flax. And sometimes we can feel like this, can't we, in our lives? We can look, perhaps you can look at, at your own life and things aren't going the way that they should be going. And you might be thinking to yourself, where is the Lord in all of this? Where is God's promise in all of this? We can look at, the, uh, at our nation. We, we, we can look at the church in our nation. and Perhaps we can feel like these spies. Where is the Lord? The Lord Jesus has promised to build his church and the gates of hell shall never prevail against it. We might be tempted to say, well, is the Lord Jesus keeping his promise? Or maybe the Lord has led you in your personal life and he's, he's led you a certain way and you, you feel you've been obedient to his will and now all of a sudden everything seems to be going wrong. And you might be tempted to say, where is God in all of this? Now, just as the spies probably thought Yahweh was failing to keep his promise, we could be tempted to feel like that sometimes. And, and sometimes, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we, we've all felt like that. But what's the truth? What's the reality? What's really happening? Well, the story continues. And, and what we learn next is that God is a faithful God. And that he has already gone before his people. And this is what we see next as we continue through the story. So once, when Rahab saw the soldiers, she must have seen them through the window. She knew that they were coming to her house. And we read that, that she, put, she took them up to the roof and she hid, them under the, hid the spies under the flax. And then in verse 4, we read what she says to the spies. The spies say, Han, sorry, the soldiers, I'm getting all my, my words mixed up this morning. I need, I need God's help. The soldiers tell Rahab to hand over the spies. And this is, what, this is what Rahab says in verse 4. She says, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. And it happened as the gate was being shut when it was dark that the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. So the mission seems to have failed. Their cover has been blown. But all of a sudden, there's a surprise in the story. And this, this pagan woman who was immoral because of her, her, what she did, all of a sudden we see that for some reason she decided to protect the spies. She could have handed them over. She knew why they had come. And yet she decided to protect them. Why did she do that? Well, as you keep reading through the portion of Scripture that we've just read, you see that it's clear that God has already done a work in Rahab's heart. He's done a work of grace in Rahab's heart. And the Lord worked in Rahab's heart before the spies ever got to Jericho. We see that the mission seemed to have failed, but actually God had gone before his people and he had been faithful to keep his promise. In verses 9 and 10, we see that Rahab had heard about the Lord, what he had done. He heard about what the Lord had done for them 40 years ago when he redeemed them out of Egypt, how he parted the Red Sea, how she would have heard about the ten plagues. And then she also heard about how the Israelites had defeated Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites. So Rahab heard about the mighty works of God. But not only had she heard, we see that she believed. She believed. At the the beginning of verse 9, Rahab says this. She says, I know that the Lord has given you the land. 
And then at the end of verse 11, she says, For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. So here Rahab is acknowledging that Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, that he is God. He is the God in heaven above and the earth beneath. Now what does this mean? Well, it means that that God has done a work in Rahab's heart. She's been converted. She believes in the true God. This is a woman who who was a pagan. In in Jericho, they had their own gods. But this one, this Rahab, now believed in the true God. The Lord had done a work in her heart. She'd been converted. She came to believe that Yahweh is the true God. Now, let's put this into perspective for a moment. She was a pagan prostitute, an immoral woman. And yet God brought her to himself. Before the spies ever got to Jericho, the Lord was working in in her heart and bringing her to himself to believe in him. Now Rahab Rahab heard about the Lord. She believed in him. We also read that she trusted in him. And this is what we see in verses 12 to 21. Rahab makes the spies swear that they will protect her and her family when they conquer Jericho. Now the spies agree and they say, that we will, we will protect you so long as you don't tell what, what we've come for and so long as you bind this cord in the window. So they make this agreement together and Rahab puts her trust in the spies that she will be protected when they conquer the land. And then they escape through the window and then they head to the mountains. Now just when it seemed that Yahweh's promise has started to fail, Yahweh's promises have started to fail, It became clear that actually God had gone before his people. The Lord had worked in Rahab's heart before they'd ever got to Jericho. The Lord went before them. He'd done a work of grace in Rahab's heart. She heard about the Lord, all that he had done. She believed and she also trusted. She trusted in him for salvation. She wanted the spies to protect her, to save her from the judgment of God that was coming upon Jericho. And so we see that God is faithful. Now in this account of of Rahab, of her conversion, if you like, we have a wonderful picture of God's grace, of God's love. The Lord didn't only protect the the spies, but he also brought this pagan prostitute to saving faith. Rahab believed in the Lord. And the spies told her to put a a, a scarlet cord on the window and, 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 and they would see the cord and everyone in the house would be protected. And if you like, Rahab's home was a safe zone from the judgment of God that was coming upon Jericho. Everyone who was in Rahab's house was safe. Safe from the judgment of God. And in Rahab's conversion, we have a wonderful picture of of what the Lord still does today for people who are sinful and unworthy. He works in the hearts of people. They hear about his great salvation, what he has done, his saving work. The Lord Jesus Christ dying for our sins on the cross and rising again the third day. People hear and the Lord works in their hearts and they they come to believe. And just how Rahab's home became a place of protection. It provided a place of safety from God's judgment. All who were inside were safe. So it is today that everyone who is in Christ, everyone who believes in Jesus Christ is safe from the judgment of God. The wrath of God that we deserve for our sin, if we're, on, if we're in Jesus Christ, if we believe in Jesus, we're safe. Just like how Rahab's household was safe in the house from the coming judgment. And so it is today, all who believe in Christ, we're safe in Jesus. And if you're not a Christian this morning, then from this account of Rahab, 
We, you, you have hope. She trusted in the Lord and she was saved. The Lord worked in her heart. She came to believe. And even though she was a prostitute and an immoral woman, the Lord loved her and the Lord saved her. And today, if you don't know Jesus, if you put your faith in him, if you look to him to save you from the wrath of God, from, from the punishment that your sin deserves, look to Jesus to forgive sin, to, to save you from wrath and from hell. Find safety in Jesus, just like Rahab's household found safety in Rahab's house. Then you too shall be saved. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And if, if you are a Christian this morning, then, 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 then what can we take from, this, from, from Rahab's conversion here? Well, first we have the encouragement that God does work in people's hearts. Sometimes you can tell someone about Jesus and, and you're, you're wondering, is God really working here? But here we see in this account that God does save sinners. Before the spies ever got to Jericho, somehow Rahab heard and the Lord had worked in her heart and she had come to believe. And we can be confident that we tell, when we tell people about Jesus, that the Lord does save. He is mighty to save. But then another point that we get from Rahab's conversion is that God keeps his promises. When the spies were on the roof hiding, thinking God's failed us here, they were wrong. Because God had worked in Rahab's heart. She believed in God and she was willing to protect these spies, these foreigners she was more willing to protect them than her own countrymen because she now identified with them because her God was their God. The Lord had saved her. She believed. She trusted. And the Lord worked before the people ever got to Jericho. God is faithful. God keeps his promises. And he goes before his people. And this is what we see in the life of Rahab. But we also see it in the people of Jericho, in the fact that they were already afraid of the Israelites. And this is our final point, very briefly. Not only had the Lord worked in Rahab's heart, so now that she believed and she protected the spies, but the Lord had also gone before and he'd caused the people of Jericho to fear the Israelites. And this is again what God had promised to do. In Exodus 23 verse 27, God said this, he said, I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among the people to all whom you come and I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. Again, the Lord made a similar promise in Deuteronomy 2.25 when he said, This day I will begin to put the dread and fear of you upon the nations under the heaven, under the whole heaven, who shall hear the report of you and shall tremble and be in anguish because of you. And that's exactly what's happened in Jericho. God promised that in Deuteronomy and it's happening here in Joshua chapter 2. God is faithful. God keeps his promises. Rahab told the spies in verse 9, she said, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. And again in verse 11, she said, and as soon as we heard these things, our hearts had melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. So the spies were frightened on the roof, afraid of being uh, killed. They were worried that the Lord had forgotten them. But the reality was they did not need to be afraid. Because the ones who were afraid were the people in Jericho. Because the Lord had kept his promises. The Lord was faithful. And he went before the spies. Before the spies ever got there, the people of Jericho were afraid. Just as the Lord said they would be. God kept his promises. Lord, the, the Lord had gone before his people. And now the spies, after they learned this, they returned to Joshua. And this is what they said to Joshua in the final verses of our, of our chapter. This is what they said. Truly, the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands. 
For indeed the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. So what they're saying is God has gone before us. God has kept his promises. God is faithful. And as the spies were, were probably doubting God's wisdom and God's goodness as they were on the roof, we can see now that they were wrong to do so, weren't they? They were wrong. The problem was they didn't know enough. They didn't have enough information. And so they came to the wrong conclusion. But after they realized that God had gone before them, then they knew that God was faithful. And often we could be questioning God's faithfulness. But the problem is it's because we don't know enough. We can't see the bigger picture. If only we could know everything like God, we would know that he's gone before and that he is faithful and that he always keeps his promises and that he'll never let us down. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Our God is a faithful God, someone who we can depend on, someone we can trust in. And even when it seems that he's far away and not doing what he said he would do, the reality is he has gone before us and he's preparing the way. He is God and we can be still and know that he is God. He is a faithful God. Someone who we can depend on. And so what should our response be when, like the spies, we're hiding under the flax, as it were, frightened, worried, has God left us? Well, our response should be that we should trust in God, knowing that he is faithful, dependable. And so the book of Joshua begins with a promise from the Lord, as we, as we looked at it in the beginning. Joshua and the people are, are camped in Shittim. They're about to conquer the land. Before they do, they send some spies into the land to, to spy it out. Now, just before the mission really gets going, it seems to have already been failed, to have already failed. The, the spies are on the roof of Rahab's house, scared for their lives. Had God's promises failed so quickly? Well, now we know, don't we? If the spies began to doubt God's goodness, they were wrong to do so, weren't they? Because from this passage, we see that God's promises never fail. God's promises never fail. Maybe people have failed you all your life. God will never fail you. God cannot fail you. God is a faithful God. And he keeps his promises. And we see this, firstly, in the life of Rahab. God's grace in her life. A pagan prostitute became a follower of Yahweh. She protected the spies. She was an immoral woman. And yet we see in the New Testament that she's held forth as an example of faith. She's spoken about in Hebrews 11 and in James 2 as someone who was full of faith. And we also see that she's mentioned another time in the New Testament. She's mentioned in Matthew chapter 1. And we see that she appears in the genealogy of Jesus. Rahab, who was a, a pagan, who was an immoral woman, a harlot. God didn't just save her. She didn't just become a believer in the true God by God's grace, but the Lord chose that the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, God's Son, would be born from her offspring. And there we see a wonderful picture of God's grace and God's faithfulness. We also see God's grace and faithfulness for his people in the fact that the land of Jericho was already afraid. The, the, the people were already a defeated foe before the, the Israelites ever got there. The Lord caused the fear of the Israelites to fall upon them. Because God was faithful to keep his promises. And so what can we take away from this historical account of God's dealing with his people this morning? What can we learn from this? So for the person who does not believe, if you're not a Christian this morning, then the point for you is to see the love of God. Look at Rahab. Look at, look at her faith. Look at how she heard about God's work. You've heard about God's work this morning, about what Jesus has done on the cross. We've been singing about it. We've remembered it in the Lord's Supper. It's been spoken about. Rahab didn't just hear, but she also believed. She put her trust in God, and she trusted in, the, in, in his salvation. And we read later on that she was kept safe. And if you put your trust in Jesus Christ this morning, 
then you will be safe in Jesus. Your sins will be forgiven and you'll be safe from the judgment of God. And for the Christian this morning, we have a reminder of God's faithfulness, don't we? Even when it seems that God is far away, that he's forgotten us and not keeping his promises, we can be sure that God is faithful. And the problem is not that God's not doing what he said he would do. The problem is we don't know enough. It's the lack of our understanding. We can be sure that God is faithful. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He, he, he has always gone before his people and he will go before us. And this means that we can trust him in every single circumstance of our lives. Whatever you're going through now, whatever you'll go through next year, next month, whatever, you can trust God. If God is your God this morning, you can trust him because, because he is faithful. Just going to pray and then I'll hand back over to Steve. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a faithful God. We thank you that you are a gracious and a loving God and that you saved Rahab. And Father, you've saved many of us this morning because of your grace. Although we were lost in sin, you've brought us to believe in Jesus and you've given us a wonderful hope in him. And Father, if there are any among us this morning who do not know Jesus, we pray that they will come to believe in him just like Rahab did. And Father, for those of us who know Christ, that we will trust in you. Father, you know what we're experiencing, what we will experience in our lives. Father, we thank you that you are faithful. Forgive us for when we doubt your faithfulness. And help us, Lord, to trust you until we go to be with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen.